ESPNW presents Be Honest with Carrie Champion. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this Thanksgiving edition of Be Honest. Uh, it's interesting because we are doing what we call, it's not even a West Coast edition of the holidays, uh, but it will be West Coast centric. We had Snoop Doggy Dog on Coast to Coast. And so uh, for those of you who missed that interview, it was pretty amazing because you know the you name it challenge, right? I got greens, beans, tomatoes, potatoes, rabbits, lambs, chicken. You know, yeah, you got it, right? Anyway, we'll play that for you. Uh, shh, don't tell anybody, but we're going to play that for you. And so I thought it would be clever to do that challenge on air and yet also talk about my top five things that I that I love to eat for Thanksgiving. Uh, Snoop joined in and then he just took it to a next level. So Snoop Doggy Dog will be on the podcast talking about what he loves about Thanksgiving, also talking about his Steelers and uh, truly a special relationship that he had with one Kobe Bryant, which I thought was interesting. He made a connection between him and Kobe and when they they basically grew up together and I never thought about that. So Snoop says when he first stepped on the scene, you you know, I don't know if you know this, he was just a baby. And as was Kobe. So when Kobe came to LA, Snoop was, you know, just starting to make hit records. They were about the same age and their lives paralleled one another in the sense that they went from no one to someone overnight. And they often experienced some ups and downs, well-documented, but no matter what, they were the hallmarks, if you will, of the city, uh, the city of angels. And he talked about just their relationship and how they've been able to maintain. It's hard to maintain and and can continue to reinvent yourself. It's hard to continue to be a champion. And Kobe was able to do that for the majority of his career. And the last time that I saw Snoop, he was at Kobe's last game. And it was special. Uh, there were a lot of people who turned out for it. We talked about it. But he talks about a very significant relationship that he had with one Kobe Bryant. Uh, and speaking of significant relationships, as we reflect upon the holidays, I wanted to talk about what I've noticed is a significant change um, in the dynamics of this country. I'm no politician. I am no expert. So I'm not going to do all that. But the significant change of the dynamics in this country has has had a significant effect on the way that I report and do sports. And I'd like to talk a little bit about that as we approach this holiday season, more specifically Thanksgiving. We're getting ready for three big games. Get your turkey, your stuffing, your mac and cheese. I don't know. People might like green bean casserole. I don't like I don't like it. Maybe Josh likes green bean casserole. Love it. Oh, see, there you go. Uh, we don't have that. Uh, I like cranberry sauce. Josh, you like Hate cranberry? It. He hates it. Okay, see, so there you go. You can't be stereotyping people. You can't assume certain people like certain foods. Um, turkey's fine. I like a little chicken, a little baked chicken with my Thanksgiving. Uh, I like cornbread dressing, not necessarily stuffing. And here's the difference. Uh, stuffing is cooked inside the turkey. Dressing is outside of the turkey. I just found that out today. Those are the specifics. Um, I would have told you one had more soul than the other, but there you go. I like peach cobbler, all these things. All right. Anyway, as I get ready to watch these games, I just have a lot on my mind and I'm reflecting on all of that. There's significant change in our country. And I feel like it is manifesting on and off the field in the world of sports. So sit back, relax. You're probably cooking. You're doing something, shopping. Enjoy this edition of Be Honest.
So I haven't talked to you guys since election night, and I always ask people this on what I think are significant days, days where things feel like it's just odd or it's just different, or you know right then and there something has changed. Uh, For me, it was Tuesday. I was with a girlfriend of mine, and we were hanging out, as we do, and we were watching the election with uh, just ourselves, and it reminds me, and I don't know the age range here, but it reminded me of the the battle for the election between Al Gore and George Bush, and no one knew what was was happening, and the hanging chads, and West Palm Beach, and the back and the forth, and who would win, and we'd wait, and we didn't know. A week later, we didn't know who the president was. It reminded me of where were you at when the riots happened and you couldn't get away from your television. You were glued into your TV. It reminded me of, and I'm referring to the Los Angeles riots, and not in a devastating way, but it just reminded me of the events uh, of 9-11. You were glued to your television. You, you really didn't understand what was happening. And it's not so much about who you voted for, but it was more about... This is a complete reflection of the world that we live in. I'm not surprised. I'm not angry. I knew I had a feeling Trump would win. I just did. I don't know why. I just felt that way. But I also noticed as this election was happening, as I worked in the world of sports, as I worked at ESPN, every just about every athlete I I interviewed seemed to be a little more aware, a little more interested uh, in the world outside of football, a little more interested in their platform and how they could do different things. And for the most part, I think Colin Kaepernick, I think he started it all. I'm not calling him Muhammad Ali or the reinvention of, but I do believe that his willingness to speak so openly and honestly about the judicial system, uh, the social injustices really gave everyone this door, the sliver of an opening to say, hey, I felt this way. Hey, I felt that way. And you started to hear how athletes felt about the presidency, about who they were riding with. LeBron saying that he's with Hillary, um, which I thought was really interesting. What, like, why is that? How is that possible? Is the, I don't remember a time when an, arguably the most popular athlete of our time raises his hand and says, I am voting for her or him or this candidate. And that's when I knew when LeBron did that, I knew Hillary was in trouble because for her to, to go to, you know, the popular extreme and ask for their help means that she knew that she was in trouble too. I had never seen anything like it before. And now here we are, Trump is president, and here are the questions of whether or not the White House will be cool, whether or not the White House will be like it used to be. There's a story about how when Bill Russell won the championship with the Celtics, how he didn't go to the White House to meet JFK because he didn't think he could actually meet the president. He slept in. Fast forward to the day when LeBron, who's been to the White House on many occasions. Uh, he's won several chips with the Miami Heat. So he's he's uh, had a relationship with President Obama. So fast forward to the day that LeBron and the Cavs are at the White House to meet Obama. But at the same time, President-elect Trump is there. Imagine handling those two extremes. 
uh, in one extreme, you're celebrating a team for their prowess, for what they've done. Um, you're speaking to an all-black crowd, namely, uh, in the Cavs and the coaching staff and LeBron and, and the players. And then here you go talking to a man who led the charge that you may or may not be born in this country. I couldn't even imagine the dynamic. We had reporters on the show talking about it. Um, And it was really interesting because LeBron was very PC uh, about his meeting with the president. It's a big deal for me because I'm able to take my teammates, take our coaching staff, something that we accomplished. I've had a couple run-ins in a good way with President Obama. So, um, you know, it's always good to see a familiar face. But for me to be able to you know, bring along my teammates, that's what means more to me than anything. Well, that, it means more to him than anything. But it would not, I I, I cannot let this ride, because the conversation, obviously, was about what's next. Obama's gone. I, LeBron, backed Hillary. We had people on on our network going as far as saying, they don't know if athletes would actually go to the White House now that Trump is in office. Now, have you ever thought that we would get to the point where our athletes are so socially conscious or so socially outspoken about politics and the world that we live in that they would even think about not going to the White House because of who is in office? Now, we've had a bunch of athletes who've done it for different reasons and air quotes. Maybe they had other priorities. Maybe they couldn't make it. We all knew what that meant. There were all these cold words, these dog whistle politics for why they didn't want to meet the president. But for this conversation to be at the forefront says a lot. One reporter, uh, Justin Tinsley from The Undefeated, talked about the... The obvious theme that was happening in the White House at the same time the president-elect Trump was there, as well as President Obama and LeBron and the Cavs. Take a listen. It was just more than just LeBron and President Obama. It was just the feeling of being at the White House that day. I mean, like, look, let's call a spade a spade. Uh, people were still trying to process everything that had happened in the election, which was a week ago today. And a lot of us found out the results when we woke up Wednesday morning. So and that Wednesday morning, you know, President Obama had a press conference at the White House saying that, you know, he is our president now. We have to rally around him. When just a couple of days before he was telling the country that, you know, this guy's unfit to lead, we can't give him the nuclear code. So it was it was a it was a big, you know, change of heart and which is to be expected if you're President Obama in that in that sense. So take keep in mind on Thursday, you're having to talk to, you know, President, you know, President elect Trump. And then you're having to go meet the world champion Cleveland Cavaliers. And that wasn't lost on anybody who was there. You know, I got to the I got to the White House around maybe. 11:45 noon, and the, the actual Cavaliers President Obama ceremony didn't start until about 2:30 or so. So I had a lot of time just to have conversations with uh, colleagues of mine, and it was a conversation that you can't avoid. It was an elephant in the room, and you're just like, "Hey, LeBron is here, Donald Trump is here." They're kind of like two completely different forces in American culture right now, and you can't avoid that. And a lot of people were asking, um, "How is how is Obama going to you know rally between?" A meeting with a man who it's, it's fair to say that, you know, they're not exactly best friends and I don't think they ever will be. And going to meet somebody in LeBron who he has spoke glowingly of numerous times over his career for me, reasons about basketball, for reasons about social activism and reasons about just being a black man uh, and being a black father. So you had all those um, combining forces of uh, meeting in one central location, which just happens to be the most famous mansion in the world. 
Again, that was Justin Tinsley uh, from The Undefeated. He wrote a fascinating article about Obama and LeBron being similar characters in the world that they live in. He talked about them both being the most polarizing, celebrated black men, if not arguably most black men of our time. And uh, it was right on point. But again, it goes back to this theme of I never thought that I would be in a time in which sports and politics will go hand in hand. And every time I talk about sports and politics, without fail, there's always a crowd that says just stick to sports. But you know why you can't just stick to sports? Somebody help me with this. Why do we pledge allegiance to the flag? Why do we stand for the national anthem? Isn't that political? That's in sports. Josh, agree or disagree? Help me understand from your perspective. Uh, well, the, the fact that they... The, the, the question of why do we stand for the national anthem and the Pledge of Allegiance and the question of why do we do it prior to sporting events are two different questions. Why do we do it prior to sporting events? Uh, I don't have a good answer for you there. I think it's simply because uh, it's tradition and it's – I hate to use this argument, but it's the because we always have well, no, it's not even. Thing. No, no, no. That's a perfect argument. But that's my point. When people say sports and politics don't go hand in hand, they do. They always have. We just live in a world and a time now where we're talking about it more than ever. Because if it didn't, why is it mandatory that you have to? And I'm not saying I wouldn't. I'm just asking why is it mandatory that you have to stand for the national anthem? Or why is the national anthem a part of sporting events? I don't know. Can someone look that up for me? Can D, our producer, look that up for me? Why is it a part of sporting events? Josh, I don't know. Is it Because if we are coming to enjoy, you know, the gladiators on the field or the guys on the hard court, how does the national anthem have anything to do with that, right? It's us being thankful that we are able to come here as a free country and watch this event. Is it not? Something along those lines, Josh. Help me out. Yeah. No, I'm 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 trying to help uh, <laughs> you don't have an answer no see but that's the point here's see, which goes back to colin kaepernick's original argument as to uh, like when people got mad at him for not standing i didn't really understand why because i never really understood why we had to why was the nfl making sure that there was a flag at every event why because sports and politics do go hand in hand they do we just won't acknowledge that they do when it's not convenient what did you find, Alina? Oh, okay. She's still Googling. She's just looking at me. She sounds very far away. So <laughs> uh, yeah, she must be she, Googling very deep. She's, into she's the, deep into the Google. Yes. Well, she's deep into the internet. Um, my Look, I don't know. I just, I find it interesting that there is one group that says stick to sports, but yet this is the same group that says stand for the national anthem and put your right hand over your heart um, for the Pledge of Allegiance. I'm okay with that. I'm okay for all those things, but I also want you to be okay with the athlete who has something to say, who has something to say about his inalienable rights, about his God-given rights, about what he does or does not like about, you know, our country. It's all a part of what we're doing. There is no right or wrong answer. Carrie, and, yeah. in 1916, yeah. President Woodrow Wilson ordered that the Star-Spangled Banner be played at military and other appropriate occasions. The playing of the song two years later during the seventh-inning stretch of the 1918 World Series and thereafter during each game of the series is often noted as the first instance that the anthem was played at a baseball game. Though evidence shows that the Star-Spangled Banner was performed as early as 1897 at opening day ceremonies in Philadelphia and then more regularly at the Polo Grounds in New York City beginning in 1898. 
In any case, the tradition of performing the national anthem before every baseball game began during World War II. So that makes sense. That There you have it. So when this country was, was fighting for its rights and to protect others and our basic rights, we decided, this country decided, that we would play the national anthem at appropriate event. Just to show our patriotism, it sounds like to me, right, Josh? Just to be the patriots that we are. We're in the middle of the war. We want to remind you this is America's – this is the home of the free, the land of the brave, right? Right? Yeah, and I mean it was prior to that. That was, that was more like World War One. But okay. either way, yes. You get the idea though, right? It, it started during a war. Correct. No? Correct. Yes. Okay. Doesn't it make sense though because essentially you're bearing the name of a, a nation or a city or a state on your back and so It makes sense to have the pledge of allegiance and 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 the national anthem at Olympic sporting events cuz you are that's when you're bearing the name of your country. That's when you're representing your country. It makes sense. But within the United States of America I don't know why we do it. And if this tradition started and we have simply, as Josh said, do it because that's just the way it's always been going back to 1918, perhaps World War One, then I don't understand, back to my original point, why people don't think sports and politics go hand in hand. Because to me, they do, Josh. You can't separate one without the other. We've been doing this forever as a country. Watching, sitting there, watching a game as, is just as political as anything else. Well, that's trying to make the case that the national anthem is political. You could say that it's, you could easily say that it's not political, that it's simply patriotic. And there's no requirement to be patriotic, but by standing for or choosing not to, st- to stand for the national anthem, that may Does that make more, me less patriotic if I don't, ha- well, if I I don't mean, stand? Not necessarily. You could make the claim that it makes you more patriotic, but the national anthem is a patriotic thing, not necessarily a political thing. I think that people associate the military with the national anthem, correct? Yes. And the military does what? Protects and serves our country. And our borders, does it not? Correct. And the military was established by our what? By our commander-in-chief. Our government. And if that's not political, I don't know what is. It's all connected. No? Semantics. Perhaps. Anyway, with that being said, Josh, you always enlighten this conversation. I miss you. I miss, miss you too, these. Gary. I miss these Beyonce's. I'm glad Delina found her mic. I, 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 I don't care either way, folks. I don't. Because, I, by the way, I want you to do whatever makes you feel comfortable. I just don't want you to to disrespect me in the process. <laughs> so I, I don't feel disrespected in this process. I want you to speak your mind. I am a journalist. I believe in that First Amendment right. But I also know that I, I don't believe that sports and politics are separate. I think that we try to do that because it's an escape. And yes, it can be an escape. But I honestly believe, especially now, especially now in this current climate, politics is connected to just about anything we do. I can't think about anything that doesn't lead back to our government. Not a conspiracy theory, just a thought. President yeah. Obama just pardoned two turkeys, by the way. There you go. We are having we're having turkeys tomorrow, and those two turkeys have been pardoned by the President of the United States, which means they will not be chopped. Their names and are Tater ate. and Tot. Tater and Tot live, folks. They live. <laughs> Politics. Turkey. Turkey Day. Thanksgiving. Tater and Tot live free. Their rights are protected, all connected. Meantime, in between time, hard transition here, but it's really funny. Speaking of Thanksgiving uh, and our climate moments after the election, uh, 
we had Snoop on the show today, Josh, and he is something. Have you heard of Snoop Dogg? You know who he is, right? Uh, is this also the gentleman known as Snoop Lion? Yes, yes, okay. he does yeah. have some no, names. Okay, yeah. Uh huh. S N S N O P Y D O G C. You know that? Yes. You know that? Okay. Yes. yes. That's what we call him. Anyway, he was on uh, Coast to Coast, and it was pretty interesting because he talked about his Steelers. He talked about, again, his relationship with Kobe. But most importantly, he talked about what he likes for Thanksgiving. Uh, I need you guys to tune in. Uh, Don't go anywhere. Be honest. Back in a moment. Joining me now, uh, a friend uh, and just an icon, legendary rapper Snoop. Uh, I got us. Okay, Snoop Dogg. I'll leave it there. Yes, there it is. Um, so uh, we all know that you are a diehard Lakers fan. Mm-hmm. Last time that uh, we really had an opportunity to sit with you and, and talk with you was at Kobe's last game. Yes. Tell me what that was like, just as a fan and a lifelong Los Angelino. I mean, it was special because I remember his first game and then seeing where, you know, the fans didn't like him. He shot too much. Everybody was on his, you know, on his case or whatnot to see him become a leader, become a legend, an icon, and then go out the right way where Everybody in the league respected him and they looked up to him. And for us to be at his last game, it meant a whole lot to me because I was always a part of his career from the day he came in, from coming into Long Beach at the Pyramid to him making it to his last game at the Staples Center. So you watched him grow up, literally grow up. When I actually grew up with him. Yeah. Actually, you know, it was like we were, we were growing up at the same time. When he was in L.A., I was in L.A., and we both were staples of this great city. And he was winning championships, and I was making hit records, and it was just... A culmination of the spirit of Los Angeles. When you look back on what he did for the city and what he means for the city, how would you describe it? I believe he was a shining star in the city of Los Angeles. He gave us a breath of fresh air. He gave us a new sense of we can win, we can be family. Because one thing about being a Laker fan is people of all walks of life. It's not just one origin of people. So you have so many different races and ethnicities. So he brought Los Angeles together by winning those championships. You uh, gifted him uh, with a car. Yes. And I thought that was interesting because there are a lot of things that are synonymous with Snoop. So uh, old school cars as well. So we're showing the car that you specifically have made for Kobe. Tell me how this whole process went down. 1966 Pontiac Parasini. It was my Laker mobile. I had Magic Johnson, Michael Cooper, Jamal Wilkes, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Worthy, a bunch of stars signing. Picture of Chick Hearns and all the great Lakers on it. And I was thinking, like, this car means a lot to me, but it would mean more if it was in the eye of the beholder, the one who gave me the spirit to make this car, which was Kobe Bryant. So on his anniversary, for him leaving the league for 20 years, I wanted to give it to him, and he accepted it, came and got it. We had a great day. That's wonderful. I love that story. So so Kobe hates to talk about his rap career. Do you know if now that he's retired, you and him might work <laughs> on something together? His or... rap career is like my pitch. That, that y'all just I'm pretty sure he don't want to talk about that. Like, I don't want to talk we about that. We don't talk about it. So here you are, uh, a Laker fan, diehard Los Angelino, but yet a Steelers fan. How'd yes. that happen? In the 70s, I grew up um, loving me and Joe Green and the whole Steel Curtain and Terry Bradshaw. Me and Joe Green throwing the jersey to the kid. You know everybody wanted to be that kid to drink the Coke and all that, so I was one of those guys. All right, so let's talk about Thanksgiving games. They, they wrap it up for everybody. You, you're full. You're watching TV. Yeah. They get it done against the Colts? We're going to have to. It's a must because we're trying to, you know, make the playoffs, and I feel like it's the perfect time for us to turn it on. So 
Let's go steel curtain. I'm That's, watching. You watching. You I'm let watching. them know. Terrible towels and all. So 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 how would you describe their season so far? Are your expectations for Big Ben? Uh, yeah, I have great expectations for my team. You know, despite us missing players and missing certain games or whatnot, I think we're in a good position to do what we gotta do. We gotta pull it all together right now and be stronger on defense. My favorite time of the year is when they're winning or if they win by a lot or if they lose. You literally, I mean, you Will go. you be watching me? You, you on Snapchat or, <laughs> excuse me, you on Instagram is something serious. Like, you're coaching. Yes, because I have a relationship with Coach Tomlin and Coach Haley and the players and the staff, and I feel like I'm a part of the Steelers organization, so I voice my opinion. If you're a diehard fan, you should be able to voice your opinion and not be offended when I say what I say. You call for jobs, too. Yeah, I really do. You call for jobs. I need that head <laughs> on the plan. I'm like, no, not the OC. <laughs> hey, because it is what it is. Because the players are held accountable, why can't the coaches be held accountable? That's fair. Uh, you obviously are a fan of all sports. What do you think is happening with the Dallas Cowboys? Well, I think that it's a breath of fresh air. Those rookies have a spirit of they don't know no better. Mm -hmm. So they don't know the old way. All they know is their way. And the old way has been producing no wins, no playoffs, nothing. So I feel like their spirit, and I'm talking about the quarterback and the running back, they put the spirit of the whole team in perspective because they're the ones who lead. You lead by example. And even Dez being a veteran, he's following the lead. And mm -hmm. that's great to see him knowing that he's more of a veteran than them, but he's falling in place and playing his role. People don't have a problem playing their role in Dallas. And a lot of times when you see teams, if it's a young man that's running it, it's always the old man who wants credit for it. But even Tony taking his position, so I'm proud of the Cowboys, you know, as far as what they're doing right now. I'm a fan of the sport, but if they happen to make it to that Super Bowl against my team, you already know what it is. Yeah, it's a wrap. The nightmare begins. Uh oh then what happens? Their dream is over. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, speaking of football, you, you, are, you have a lot of sons. Tell yes. us about your league. The Snoop U Football League, um, I have kids all over the, the nation playing out of my league. We started this 13 years ago to give back to the uh, communities in Southern California. Now we're in Northern California, Texas, and as well as Southern California. And there's kids that are playing for the Pac-12 championship right now. There's kids that are playing in different divisions, but mainly the Pac-12 with Washington and USC and Colorado and Utah. We're having a lot of kids on those teams. So it's a great look for me and my league. We've been doing it for so many years, and we're just proud of it. And we're proud that the kids are able to go to the next level. We have kids in the NFL as well. But like I say, we do it for the reason of giving back. Mm -hmm. And if they do make it, they do make it. But the point is we just want to give back. Yeah, and you're showing them that someone cares about them. They're invested. You're keeping them off the streets. It's really admirable what you're doing in the community. It's love. We really love doing it. Uh, we actually have a show on AOL, uh, Coach Snoop, and it's also coming to Netflix this year. So oh. we're just working hard and hardly working, trying to keep the kids off the streets and keeping them prepared for when they do get to the next level, when they go to high school and college and deal with an NFL business, they know how to be professional. You know what? You are must-see TV, so I'm watching it on Netflix. So That's it's right. already subscribed. Thank you. We talked about it being Thanksgiving. Um, I, I have a few favorite foods that mm -hmm. I like, um, and I know that you've been working with the great Shirley Caesar. Yes. Uh, and sh she's viral right now, yes, all is. her favorite foods. So we're going to do top five. So David Lloyd, my co-anchor, is going to put up his top five, okay. and then I'm going to do my top five. But it's the you name it challenge. So I'm like beans, greens, tomatoes, potatoes, hogs, okay. mogs, rams, you know? Uh -huh. you know? Okay, you know, you know what? Yeah. You know what? Yeah. How it go? Beans, greens, potatoes. Tomatoes. Hogs, moms. Rabs, dogs. Chicken, turkey, <laughs> hams, lambs. Rabbit. You name it. Okay, you name it. You name it. it. You name <laughs> it. Um, such an insight. But you got to do it like, you name it. You name it.
What? Yeah, church there. All right. Shout out to Shirley. <laughs> yes, sir. Praise David, God. Praise the Lord. David, do you want to go first? And can you name it? Uh, yeah, I'll go first. And uh, I'll give this a run here with Let's Snoop go. as our guy. All right, here we go. My top five Thanksgiving foods. Uh, start number five. The old green bean casserole. Oh, you, you only okay. try this thing out once a year. You put the beans and the cream of mushroom soup and those those fried onion rings in a can, and somehow it works. I don't know how they do it, but I like it. I only like it once a year, but I like it. Number four, how about some uh, how about some mashed potatoes there, Carrie? Mm-hmm. Can't go mm-hmm. wrong with that, Snoop. Right? Make a little make a little lake. Put some gravy in the middle. Just yeah, drip that gravy on. Exactly. It. All right, that's four. <laughs> We're off to a nice start. Number three. I'm going with uh, I'm going with stuffing at three. Now I don't uh-huh. even know what they put in it. I don't know. It's like some bread, <laughs> some celery, maybe. I don't even want to know what they put in it. It tastes good. Put some more of that stuffing on my plate. Number two, okay, you got to go turkey. You got to get turkey in your top five, right? I guess. And gotcha. the great thing about yeah. turkey, turkey's solid on on Thanksgiving. It's a good solid food on Thursday. But what makes turkey great is that it's got legs. Literally, figuratively, you can make turkey mm-hmm. sandwiches for days. The yes. leftover value yes. with the turkey puts it at two. And number one, I would fast the forward through the whole pie? meal. The can pie. What? <laughs> big dollop of vanilla ice cream on top. Yeah, I'll take that pie right there. Pie. And a big, big hit of, uh, of ice cream and we're all set. That's did my five. Look, I'm already asleep looking at that list, David. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I literally you am gave on me the, itis, the couch and gave me the itis. I am sleep. Okay, so uh, yeah, and look up the fan. Here we go. Here's my list. Coming in at number five, peach cobbler, ladies mm. and gentlemen. Now everything should be called Debbie's peach cobbler. Yes. My friend's mom, my best friend's mom, makes the best peach Debbie. cobbler. Debbie, sister Debbie, sister Debbie throws down. And then number four for me is cornbread dressing, not stuffing, dressing, David. Mm-hmm. And I and well, I now, can't tell you what's in it, but you but go ahead. You want to know the is difference? Is it the same thing? Is dressing and stuffing the same thing? It, I mean, somewhat. I just feel like it might be a little more oomph to it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, you got your, more your stuff has more oomph than mine does? Maybe a little more sold. All right. A little more. All right. I don't know. Here we go. Mashed potatoes. I'm right there with you. Potatoes. I'm all carbs. I'm all carbs, David. Except for this one. Coming in is uh, number two for me is collard greens. You didn't have collard Ooh. greens. No, I did not have collard <laughs> greens. You got to have bacon and hog malls in them, though. to have <laughs> got to. that in it. Got to. <laughs> And then David, I don't know what greens those are, but that greens in general. Mustard greens. Don't tell me that. They're mustard greens. No, it's not that. <laughs> I can't even get through this. Coming in at number one, mac and cheese. Debbie's mac and cheese. Yes. Every cheese is in there. Three kinds of cheese. Three kinds yes, of cheese. Yes, please, knock it off. Butter, Man. cream of cream. Like it, it, Man, we may have to throw some lobster tails in there. <laughs> something going with the lobster mac. Where's yes, the hear turkey? Me. There was no turkey on your list. I get to it eventually. I just like a plate of carbs with a little bit of greens, and then I'm happy, David. So you I get have to, to the cook meat up eventually. the bird. You're fine without the turkey. You just, just go I mean, right that's, to the that's mac and turkey. cheese. The turkey is the star. I, yeah. But but my little my little tights, I love just my sides. My sides make me happy, David, because you go back for the sides. Uh, Snoop is going to judge our list, apparently. Yeah, okay. Wait, who's, who wait, wins, wait. Snoop? Who wins? Wait, before, before that, can you tell us what his favorite is? My my favorite, mm-hmm. you got to have ham on there for me. Oh, okay. And I'm sliding some chicken in there. Okay. <laughs> you understand me? Uh-huh. He's a carnivore. That. And you got to have some cornbread. You got to have some jiffy cornbread in there. Okay. Then you got to have some potato salad. Oh, yeah. And then the most important thing is Kool-Aid. Y'all ain't got nothing to drink. Kool-Aid in ain't here. got nothing to drink. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice Chardonnay or something, but Kool-Aid. I, I didn't think that was <laughs> 
<laughs> I am in tears. Okay, so so whose list uh, won in terms of Thanksgiving? Well, I like a few things off of both of y'all lists. You, Actually, you give it a tie. So what I would do, I would just mix and match. I would take two and a half things off of his list and take two and a half things off of your list, and I would make a great Thanksgiving dinner called the Davi Kari. <laughs> This is Davi Kari. <laughs> Davi Kari. Davi Kari Thanksgiving. Mwah. Mwah. No one needs to win. It's Thanksgiving. We're all it's go home happy, right? On this Thanksgiving podcast, to be honest, Snoop was great, and I was thankful for him uh, for joining us on Coast to Coast. So I just want to take a moment, as in tradition, to go around and say what we're thankful for. I'm going to ask Josh to do it, so get it ready. I'm going to ask Delina, my other producer, to do it, so get it ready, folks. Um, I'll start first. Less than a year ago, and I'll start with the big, less than a year ago, uh, I was in Bristol, Connecticut, and I was, I thought I was living the dream there. I really, I didn't like the cold, (laughs) but I really did uh, appreciate my gig. I started a podcast about a year and some change ago with a great guy named Josh and a wonderful gal named Delina. And my baby podcast really put my career on a different trajectory. It really did. And I'm grateful for their hours and hours of hard work and dealing with my overly, overly protective and perfective ways because those two are go synonymous. And I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for what can happen overnight. Overnight, folks. I'm not kidding you. And it's not just my career. I've just had a wonderful group of people who've supported me um, on and off the field, if you will a wonderful family that uh, loves me no matter what (laughs) and no matter what is the key. And just I've been fortunate enough to have a platform where I can do things that I think that I've been ordained to do. Again, I say that I'm grateful for all those that I work with, my family, my friends, for health, and a special um, shout out to Josh and my lovely Delina. You guys, we don't do this podcast often, but when we do it, it reminds me of what I love the most. This is my first love, and it will always be that. Josh, what are you grateful for? Uh, I'm thankful for my uh, lovely new wife. and I mean, She's my first wife. It's not like she's my replacement wife. But what is Even she? Even though she's new, she's, uh, she's you the might original. Because you might get another. Yeah. You, you may get another because you're look, thinking ahead. Okay. No, I'm not thinking ahead, but just the way, you know, my new wife, it sounds like she's like a, a retread or something. Uh-huh. No, she, she's the original and still world champion. And she's the original and the only. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm thankful for my uh, my great coworkers, uh, yourselves included, and colleagues. And uh, I'm thankful for uh, for Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. Yeah, I bet you are. <laughs> D, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful for friends who are family and I am thankful for, you know, I've always been close to my friends. Um, wasn't always someone who was very close to coworkers. Always like to keep that at a, at a distance. Um, and so I'm really grateful for this little family we have here and, um, Josh and you especially Carrie for, you know, just making me your little Brown girl and the sisterhood that we have, um, where we are truly friends in the work that we do, but have a respect for each other. That is, you know, professional for us to be great and be excellent and require the best 
from each other. And um, it's rare that you have that in life and then especially in work. Um, and then, you know, I'm also just grateful for the opportunity to tell stories as creatives. Like, you know, all you want is your voice to get out there. And we do have a platform. But more than that, we have a voice. Um, and so it's really a blessing to be able to use that because so many people can't. Hey, folks. I dropped one thug tear because I love Josh and I love D. I'm also thankful for Damian Woody's new mustache. <laughs> I'm, I'm thankful for Paul Feinbaum. Um, I'm thankful for Debbie's mac and cheese. That's my best friend's mom's mac and, and cheese. And I'm still thankful for Kanye. I'm praying for you. Oh, Lord. All right. I'm thankful for Kobe. No, he don't play no more. I'm thankful for the Lakers. Um, I'm thankful most most importantly for this wonderful audience. Thank you so much for um, staying loyal to Be Honest. We appreciate you. Enjoy your holiday. Thanks for listening to Be Honest with Carrie Champion. For more great podcasts, check out ESPN.com slash podcenter.